Welcome to the Code Locker, the Code Locker, where the hosts and guests will discuss real aspects of code enforcement from the locker room without bias. We'll talk about inspections, safety, community relations, debrief cases, and much more. This is for entertainment purposes only. The views expressed on this podcast reflect the opinions of the hosts and guests. They do not reflect the opinion of any department or entity. Now, grab a chair and your beverage of choice. Here are your hosts, Justin and Shane. Well, I figure we uh, start and say hello and welcome to everybody to the hello. locker. What's going on? We wanted to make this as like a new twist to podcasts, uh, get away from the standard uh, interviews and and uh, formal podcasts that are out there, and we just wanted to have a more real conversation as professionals. Right. Um, so my name's Justin. Uh, we got Shane here. Welcome, Shane. How you doing, Shane? <laughs> so uh, I figured we'd just do something different with this podcast uh, compared to uh, a lot of ones that we've listened to. It's kind of unique how uh, you and I have come to uh, work on this together and come up with a great idea to start something fresh for the profession and see how we could make things better. Um, but I figured we could share a little bit about ourselves. So those uh, listeners that we get, um, I'm, I'm shooting for a million, hopefully. Um, that's to... a good goal. I like that. <laughs> oh, we'll go for 5 million, but okay. uh, yeah, see why what, stop there? See what uh, our background is. Um, so I, I just really wanted to use this medium to promote the ups and downs, the ins and outs of code enforcement. Um, it's such a broad profession, so many different titles. Uh, you and I, you know, come from different backgrounds and titles and, um, yep. but we, we deal with the same stuff. And I think it's important that we, we share stories and stay connected and support each other. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, I mean, we, we both, you know, kind of met, you know, I think randomly Yeah, I very, moving back to California. And so it's just, it worked out with the foundation and trying to expand my professional portfolio and spread awareness to code enforcement in general. So I think it, uh, it definitely kind of worked out in that way for myself. I know for sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. And I think the biggest question that uh, I, I tend to like to ask people when I meet in code enforcement, which I think is a good kind of icebreaker for this intro is like what got you into code enforcement what was like that that shift from what you were doing before uh what got you interested did you fall into it did you grow up wanting to be this right uh, definitely <laughs> not that not that's not the uh that's not the answer i didn't grow up thinking about you know notices and you know the stereotypical making people's life yeah exactly you know <laughs> you're just like the narcs of the city that was not my goal no hey, i just kind I of take offense yeah well it's okay i think we all should that's you know not what we do but um i just fell into it i had a you know military background for me and law enforcement was the transition after that and for myself it didn't really pan out so i was like hey just applying for jobs you know i had kid family you know i had this post certificate and some military stuff i'm like hey what do i do with this if this is not going to work out law enforcement wise so i came across code enforcement and I was like, hey, this is closely related. I had no idea what it was, nothing to do, you know, with it. And I, you know, waited the nice long process through uh, government jobs. Mm. 
And, um, you know, great website, by the way, I love uploading everything to that. You just kind of like <laughs> plug and play folks and, you know, send them to everybody. But, spam. Uh, that, spam. That's right. Anything <laughs> related, just send it out. But um, that's how I, I got into code enforcement personally. Um, and it's been great for me. I've been able to bridge that gap between the law enforcement side, you know, which has its own, you know, issues, problems, pros, cons, whatever you want to say about it to like more directly impacting the community than just individuals. And that's kind of my, you know, I like that part of it probably more than anything. From when you applied to when you actually got in the job and started doing it, did your, your view of code enforcement change of like what it meant or what, uh, what a code enforcement officer did? Yeah, considering I had no idea what it was, um, <laughs> eye opening. I, I was just kind of open for whatever. Um, I had no idea if it was should have been ran different, if what the job entailed exactly as far as processes, notices, policies, training, all that type of stuff. I had zero idea on um, how that should look or work. So, um, I guess my expectations was for. Um, a paycheck and to take care right. of my family, you know, and benefits and all those good things. But uh, outside of that, I really had zero knowledge of any of it or expectations, which I guess is good or bad, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think for a lot of people, once you're in it, that's the deciding factors. Is it what you wanted? And uh, if it's not, then they move on. But a lot of people end up sticking through it, uh, which uh, give them, lot of props for because it's a tough job but no absolutely it's uh it's not for everyone no and, no. and, and it, i give a cliche to say but i mean every best <laughs> anybody could say that with their jobs but there's there's a unique balance to code enforcement individuals and the people that are in this realm that are successful we'll say yeah it takes a, a special person and, and it, funny that you come from that background because i i meet a lot of people in this profession that have very similar stories. You know, I appreciate for your service. Um, we, we have a lot of veterans that we've worked with, a lot of law enforcement. I actually uh, started as an explorer as a teenager and uh, got my foot in the door with the PD for uh, close to 10 years. And oh, wow. um, yeah, I started as explorer, became the captain, which is unique uh, dealing with a bunch of teenagers right. and then, uh, they, they hired me as a cadet in college. And then I became a, a full-time CSO, uh, working traffic division. And it was fun. I actually, even looking back today, I was probably one of my favorite jobs because it was just so easy going. Right. Um, but I never knew what code was, never heard of it. Um, I really didn't even know it existed until a coworker, we were chilling in a parking lot, uh, car to car and he's like hey check out this uh, state association and have you heard of code enforcement i said no what is that so i started googling it and was that caseo at the time or was it uh still like scaseo oh. and had the different names or <laughs> yeah i know it went through a few changes but uh yeah. it, it was actually caseo at the time uh back when they even had like a workbook and all this other stuff and okay. um i ordered it studied it and i i found out about the colleges that were offering the training so I, I used a bunch of my vacation time away from the PD just to go through the training and started applying like you, um, hoping for the best. But right. I noticed in a lot of interviews and things that 
they wanted people that started as a volunteer or part-time. And like you, I had a family and I was like, I don't have time to work a full-time job and then also do intern and like volunteer right yeah right. As this for job free. you may or may not want to do yeah exactly put oh. yourself out there for free for something and, like that i mean it, it's definitely different with the family dynamic throw yourself out there for nothing these right. days you know <laughs> you, you, you definitely go out on a limb and for me the um the first city i did uh get hired with i was very fortunate but they the only reason i really i think i got it was the competition was minimal because it was a weekend uh, work until two in the morning job doing special okay. assignment. And so it's like, who's going to work what a great uh, shift the, yeah, the, the graveyard shift on the weekends as a yes. seasoned code officer. Right. So, but it opened my doors tremendously with experience because it was, you know, my playground to take advantage of. And uh, it, it worked out for me, but uh, it's just crazy how so many people like us, don't even know what code enforcement is and they stumble across it and then it becomes a career, uh, a lifetime uh, for them. Right. I so, mean, I, the, the people I work with now, I mean, I asked them this very question this past week and uh, I was like, Hey, do you, did anybody here know about code enforcement? You know, does anybody like you've been here 15 years, you've been here five months, whatever it was. And like, no, everybody kind of had jobs that were somewhat around it you know, related to, you know, maybe title searches or parcels or certain things, but like nobody had any idea, you know, about exactly what the job is. So I have a funny story about the Explorer thing. I actually was a police explorer as well. Uh, <laughs> Sheriff's Explorer. World. Yeah. Um, and I absolutely hated it. I did it for like four <laughs> weeks. I went to this, um, uh, I went to the uh, Temecula Rod Run was like an event that we did. Um, and for anybody listening out there, we're, I'm in Southern California as well as uh, Justin here. So everybody knows about the Temecula Rod Run and these uh, explorers at the time, you know, their dads were like cops, you know, parents were like, you know, CIA parent, you know, just they were very involved in the law enforcement world. And that was not my world at all. And uh, I like absolutely despise them. They treated me like horribly. They were like, oh, you don't know, you know, the 10 codes and all this stuff, you know, and I was just like, this is not for me. This is like not it. I'm going to go join the military, which is 20 times worse. So I don't know what I was thinking. I was uh, probably not too far away from you uh, where I grew up with my uh, Explorer post. But, you know, there's all this rivalry between the uh, the sheriff tans and the and oh, the man. police blues. Just, um, yeah. But I, I came from Boy Scouts and a friend of mine convinced me to join and he's like, oh, check out the Explorers. I, I show up to a meeting and they're getting down and doing pushups. I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? I'm like, right. People sign up for this. And I, I, I had long hair um, and uh, it, it was a, a big eye opener for me. Shaved my head, uh, yep. got doing, doing pushups and um, didn't think much of it. I actually never thought of law enforcement, but the more years I put in. Uh, the more training I got, I was like, wow, this is, this is fun. Um, But it's crazy how many people out there say they came from explorers. They came from the military. I'm going to sign up to get like absolutely smoked, you know, at like 16, 15 (laughs) years old. Like, okay, this is great. I think I'm going to do this. Yeah. I live that straight edge lifestyle. Uh, Right. Yeah. That's no parties, no parties, no fun, no anything. I'm determined to be a, uh, you know, a firefighter or a cop, you know, or whatever (laughs) have you, you know? So yeah. It all yeah. works out though, right? I mean, oh, it does. We're not the only ones, you know. There's, I've met dispatchers and all sorts of people, and everybody just kind of gets 
jumbled. I think that's what makes code enforcement great. I mean, my personal mm-hmm. opinion is you have like, you know, unlimited amount of knowledge and people and different backgrounds from different, you know, all sorts of situations growing up to different professions. And I don't know. That's why I think it's unique with code enforcement and what we do. Well, the diversity is really great. Um, I think the backgrounds and experiences people have, you got people starting right out of college. You got people that it's like a second career for them uh, right. and they're close to retirement, but it's, it's great to work with such a variety of people, but I also, and we could get more into this on a future uh, episode, but I, you know, I always think about is how uh, different our profession is from city to city, from state to state. That's crazy. It's just so diverse in how they run things that yep. you finally start to see associations and groups saying, hey, let's let's get more structured, which makes us look better as a profession. Um, Absolutely. It's it's just crazy. And it gives you a little credibility, you know, it's just right. every you know. No one knows the profession as it is. And then everybody, you know, has their own way of doing things. And, and we have to stick together. I, I think, you know, I, I hear some concerns from colleagues. It's like, you know, oh, hey, you know, wish we were more, you know, connected, like the PD groups and the fire groups that there's that that team bonding where we all support each other. And um, it's, you know, it, there's a lot of variables in this because we're so different across all the agencies. And I, and I really do hope one day that would be, you know, my biggest goal. I think yeah. I share that with a lot of people is that one day we have some standards in place on training on our profession, what our job titles are. So there's, there's something similar from California to New York to Texas. Right. Um, so, so yeah, some amount of, you know, just, I don't know, just like continuity, you know, yep. looking for, you know, the simplest things from, use of force policies to, you know, just training, you know, modules when you start out, like, Hey, this is what you're going to be sent to in the first six months or whatever. Like, I think some consistency across the board would be, would be good. Um, you know, I with, agree. with keeping the uniqueness of each department and keeping it, you know, like their own set of problems, you know, which makes them, unique and you know different policies and procedures and programs and stuff like that so i mean i think there needs to be a standard but it needs to be flexible with that and you see that with a lot of the state associations like you know here in casio uh in california that you start to see more requirements that you have to be a certified officer um just like building inspectors go through icc um it, it just gives that credibility gives you some some basic foundation of training and uh, makes you more credible in your profession. So I, I definitely support, you know, some type of foundation there right. for training and, and titles and all that stuff. But yeah, every city's yeah. different. And, you know, kind of go back to our background with like where where we come from in code enforcement. I've worked uh, now four cities um, in community development, code enforcement, and they they vary greatly between high-end, yeah. premium, multi-million dollar properties down to lower income and you got homeless camps and things like that. Oh, yeah. And so all within not even 50 miles from each other. So the, the diversity of the things that we deal with and the code cases that we open, um, it, it, it changes from agency to agency. No, absolutely. And it's just, it's, this is my, well, we'll say third, you know, third city, you know, two with code enforcement, one with a, uh, from the water department in another state, but it varies immensely. 
Mm-hmm. It's um, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty unique with the type of things that each agency um, comes across and what you know their problems are, so to speak, or their um, you know, their issues that they have. I mean, there's some that are every city has the same common ones, but then there's you know, obviously a lot of different you know counties compared to cities have different what they call it, different issues and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely a very broad profession. And, you know, I think for this uh, podcast that we we've really are wanting to focus on pretty much everybody under that umbrella of code enforcement. It's not just if that's your actual job title, but building right. inspectors, fire inspectors. Code profession. Is yeah, the whole profession. The whole yeah. thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because everybody's tied. Codes. And that's another thing. Everybody's titled something completely different, no matter where you go. Neighborhood preservation and right. enhancement officers, code compliance, whatever it may be. So handholders. Right. And for anybody that doesn't know, um, not everywhere requires any sort of training or background to be a code officer. That's why no. we talk about diverse. I mean, you just get like a shotgun of people that, you know, range from, you know, who knows what to, you know, who knows where they're trying to go. So it's uh it's definitely an interesting thing. Shockingly, some people actually work out. I mean, they come from the most random background, but they make it work, but I've been on right. pa- interview panels where they're like, uh, I don't even know what code enforcement is. And we're like, why, why are you interviewing if you don't right. even know what you're signing up for? Like, what, what's the old law enforcement one? Like, Hey, you better study the mission statement. Yep. You know what I mean? You got to have the mission, you know, you oh, that's what, the, I did that every single time, the demographics and you got to have all this stuff, right. And you better know the pillars of success. And <laughs> exactly. you know, it's like, you go to a code enforcement one, they're like, Hey, do you have a uh, criminal driving record? And you're like, no. And they're like, all right, here you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and there's and there's also states that you actually have uh, sworn police officers that do code, um, and that has its ups yeah. and downs. I mean, just like here in California, you have I've been code training officers. with a guy that was like that. He was the only one, and their code enforcement officer was out for medical, and he's like a sergeant for an agency in the state. And they're like, uh, you need to go do code enforcement. He's like, I don't have any idea what this is. And he was in one of my module classes. Oh, wow. And I couldn't remember his name or where he worked, but I was like, dude, you're just getting thrown into a whole new world. You have no idea what you're, you know, and, and kudos to, you know what I mean? Good luck. <laughs> well, that's what I, I had heard uh, on a, on a, just a random podcast once where two uh, police officers were talking and they said, Hey, what's, what's the worst type of calls that you go on? Like, what do you hate dealing with on the job? And the, the number one answer between the two of them was, oh, neighbor disputes and property property issues. I'm like, that's what we do. And Right, yeah, that's that's, that's every call. Is <laughs> for us. It's for us, yeah. Whether you're proactive or, you know. Or reactive. Uh, reactive or whatever. You know, every one is a uh, property issue or a neighbor dispute. I was going to add, because you brought that up, What's your view of proactive versus reactive? I So I've had the privilege of doing both now um, in different capacities from rental teams to, you know, pr- proactive enforcement of just your area, your beat, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know. I think it's, it's, it depends on your philosophy of your department, your city, your, your demographics and what you're trying to accomplish long-term. There's a lot of different, um, you know, takes on that on whether it should be proactively enforcing every house on the street for every violation you see, you know, should it just be complaint based? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not one to say I've done a both. They're both effective. I think it really comes down to the officer 
and how they conduct business. And as long as they have the backing and support of their, you know, manager, supervisor, city council, you know, superintendent, whatever, then no problem. Either way, I think is effective. But would you, I would say proactive, you definitely open a bigger can of worms because. Oh, you can't for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You don't know what new case you're <laughs> opening up is like yeah. the friend of the mayor. Yeah, it could be anything. And and if that's the case, you know, you smile and wave just like you would with anybody else. But then you call your supervisor like, hey, this is the guy I ran into today. Just give me a heads up, you know. Yeah, I just cited this guy and he's going to call the mayor tonight. But oh, uh, the other part. Hey, I tell everybody, you have every right, just like anybody else. If you want to fight my uh, ticket, you know, that way I conduct mm -hmm. my business, you have every right to do that, just like I do as well. That's what makes right. this place great, right? right. <laughs> you don't like me being there? That's fine. I'm still going to do my job. But, you know, you have every right to call whoever you want to complain, gripe, whatever about anything I did, notices, ordinances, you pay your taxes. You have every right to do that. Mm -hmm. And that's... I not to get off on a side tangent, but I, I that's I one thing that, that's one thing that I agree with. And I try to share with uh, my team um, is like, we have to understand that we deal with people's rights and constitutional freedoms of yep. property rights. It's, we have to kind of take some pride in that and know that, you know, we're not gods. We're not Kings that can just tell them what to do. We have a law and there's a process, there's due process, there's appeals, and, and we have to be fair with what we do. Um, but uh, getting back to the, the proactive reactive, one thing that I think is a big uh, difference between the two is staffing and, and resources that obviously you can't really be too proactive if you got two people for 200,000 uh, residents. Right. So, I mean, I've seen bigger cities with an army of code officers where they can actually be proactive, but I've usually worked for small cities and, just being reactive, we're lucky to to manage our caseload. So. Yeah, we so yeah, my my last agency, um, pretty large department, I would say roughly three officers, admin staff. And uh the only thing proactive about us was we had a rental inspection program. Mm. But anything owner occupied, regular code, it was all complaint based. And they were just as busy as anybody else. So I mean, I guess it just depends on you know, if your neighbors are calling on you or not, you know, I don't know. It just, I guess it just depends, you know, how well you're liked in the neighborhood. I don't know. Yeah. Bake more muffins for your friends. But something. Yeah. The block party, you need to do something. So and that's, I mean, that's what our job is. You, you hear police officers say that too. It's like, can't we just get along and talk to our neighbors? But if, if that was the case, we probably would be out of a job. So, I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, there's, I don't know. I think, uh, people in general, you know, human nature, people are not confrontational, you know, at all. So, and uh, a lot of people don't know how to be direct or say no, or just say, Hey, do you mind cutting this tree back? Or, Hey, I know your fence was kind of messed up and it's on my side. Do you want to work on this together? Right. Nobody knows how to do that. So I don't know. Yeah. We, we can't be neighbors, but right. uh... yeah, we, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people live on streets, you know, I've been here seven years and they know nobody on the street. I just, I, I don't understand it. Me personally, it's just, I, you know, with the family and kids and stuff like that. It's like, I mean, we're outside every day. I mean, mm -hmm. we're Southern California. The weather's too nice. I just don't understand how you don't know your neighbors, you know? Totally. And, and talking about like all the, uh, the assignments and everything that it, it, it's really nice. The cities I've come across that they have the resources, the staffing to have like specialized assignments. Right. I mean, it, it's like any job. If you can 
have a little fun doing something specialized. It's it's a different uh, menu item for you. So dealing with short term rentals or marijuana yep. or homeless, you get outside um, the norm. Yeah, or what's it, considered the norm? You know, you, you get these projects and yeah, that I, I don't know. That's where the fun's at. I think with these things and you have a good time in it and you're able to, you know, expand your, you know, ability to really affect these properties and, you know, neighborhoods and stuff like that. Yeah. It's, it's good to have those resources, but I I think we could all agree that code typically is at the bottom of the bucket for resources and funding. And I know I had heard stories back in the crash 10, 15 years back, they were one of the first positions to get cut for those same stores. It's it's sad, and I, I knew people that lost a lot of coworkers because of it. And during COVID last year, uh, I heard of people that got furloughed or uh, cut their hours, and they or they even got laid off. Unfortunately, that's, that's yeah, it's, it's too bad, you know, because there's a lot of cities that, if people were to look into some of the the funding for the cities that they live in, they'd be, I think, shocked about you know how finances work and you know unions and stuff like that. And the, the, once again. Completely different topics, but like in this day and age, you know, how things are worked out, you know, there should be no reason why stuff like that has to happen, you know, in any profession, you know, to be honest. Manage the finances and and try to make things work. I worked for a city that uh, they, the directors all took a little bit of a pay cut, uh, but it saved everybody their job. That's Um, right. And it worked. That's great. And that's, I mean, that's, I mean, perfect example from you know, just being that beacon of light as a leader on the way down, you know what I mean? Like it starts at the top, right? Definitely. So, yeah, this is a good intro. Like, right. Like it started (laughs) as like the first and it's going off on all these different things. Yeah. I don't want to jump to too many episodes ahead, but I mean, I know it's like so many topics. This was good. This is going to be a good one just for like, Hey, uh, introduction here. This is what we're trying to do. So, you know, but it is, I mean, I, I think, there's a lot to unravel, you know, with this, with this job and what we do. And, you know, hopefully with this podcast that we're able to talk about a lot of different issues on a, on a real, you know, down to earth boots on the ground level, you know, mm-hmm. for people in this profession and for citizens, to be honest, if anyone wants to come across it, um, you know, this is just two guys talking about like what we do from different perspectives. Right. I mean, this is, this is what it is without you know too much of the fluff we'll call it well and as as like a disclaimer too it's we our our primary focus and we can all agree is that we're happy to be public servants and improve the community but we also interact with so many different people people with mental illness people on drugs and we get kind of like we're the punching bag for a lot of people so for us to yeah for us to be able to kind of talk this out and, and and support each other i think that's what is important i mean we make fun and you know shed light on some of the cases and war stories that we have but at yeah. the end of the day it's just so we can help support each other yeah i mean we spend you know some of us spend more times at work you know more time at work with you know with coworkers and doing our job than we do with our families based mm-hmm. on commutes and positions and everything else and when it's time to work you should work hard and be good at it but it's also about having fun and being humble and, you know, just kind of, you know, enjoying your time while you're here, you know, so to speak, or at that department, you know, that's, there's no reason not to and meet some interesting people along the way for sure. 
Yeah, it's great to network. I, that's one thing I started when I first got into code was going to trainings and, and local lunches to exchange business cards. And then when I had a random case that I've never dealt with in my life, I'm like, oh, hey, I remember talking about this with one guy and I call him up and he says, oh, yeah, this is what I did. And so it's just good to network and expand. I love that. Without the the one thing I tell you right now, and I think you probably agree, is like the bias and the politics of, you know, hey, you know, I want to improve my circle of followers, you know, and I'm going to, you know, build up a hundred people behind me because I want to be the most popular guy in the profession. But it's just about helping each other. And I think it's important that we mentor each other. Uh, help each other. You should grow. be building people up equally across, you know, exactly. what I mean? not trying to be the uh, tip of the spear or the you know, oh. top of the pyramid. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I, some of the, and that's why this podcast, you know, we're, we're calling it what we're calling it. Cause it's, it's about the conversations you're having in the break room, mm-hmm. you know, in the office, you know, in the parking lot when you're going door to door, you know, just like, dude, I have this case, you know, I, I have no idea where to go. Can I get, can I run this by you? Or, Hey, come meet me at this property and get another second eyes on it. Like there's no room to be, have such a big ego where you think, you know, everything and like, not, you know, ask for help and just be like, Hey, I don't know everything. Hey, maybe you can learn something. I can learn something. And like, let's be efficient at what we do. Yeah. And not be judgmental. I, I remember I, one of my first interviews, I, I, went for for code officer position uh afterwards i had a panelist that actually reached out to me and i think it was in good spirit to to be like um coaching and mentor but his one thing critique to me is like oh you come off uh too copish and i'm like well what does that mean and right that's pretty uh (laughs) too copish like what do you mean like that's super vague and i can imagine because i you know i have a shorter hairstyle and you know i researched the city and the the demographics and stuff like that that i might look like i was interviewing for a police job but that you look professional and are prepared like that's exactly what it was (laughs) and i'm like you know i i think having that mentality is just kind of the wrong approach it's like hey you might think that, but if you're really going to coach somebody and mentor them, you don't need to start off with like a dig. It's like, Hey, right. You know, I'd recommend you might talk about this more or get more experience in this. And that's what I've done ever since that I'm, I'm a type of person that learns from bad experiences and I love For to sure. help other people. No one learns anything from like the good they do. You know what I mean? Cause like you get a hundred percent on a test. You're like, Oh, cool. you you're not going to go back and like, oh, what did I study right about this? No, it's right. like the things that you messed up, right? I mean, give yourself kudos for getting it right. But like, you know, if there's something you can work on, that's where you learn from. Like, Well, I agree. And I think when you, you can learn from anything, right? I mean, any, even if you think you do something well, you know, you can ask somebody and they probably can think of a different way to go about it that you might be able to want to implement in your own routine. Mm-hmm. you know, or, or regime or whatever you want to do to make yourself better. Well, and I think the the cool thing now is you see a lot of agencies starting to do like uh, volunteer programs yep. and like these internships. So it's, it's a way to coach people. And like I said, and you agreed, you know, when I got started, I, I didn't have time to also be an intern, but if you can, it's definitely one of the best approaches to the profession. And yeah, that way you can do right along. Yeah, absolutely. You know, they're tops, firefighters get all the glory and stuff like this with ride alongs <laughs> and, you know, Hey, you're a citizen, go to your city, do a ride along. You know, you want to see what your code enforcement department does and stuff like that. I mean, go do a ride along just like anybody else. You know, just, I don't know. I, that's what I feel. Just 
you know, get involved. You don't, you don't, you don't get involved. You don't know what you don't know. Right. I mean, if, 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 you know, you're just a complainer type of person, like be a part of a solution or have a better understanding. So you can have a better complaint later, I guess, if you're that type of person, you know? <laughs> yeah. And you get to enjoy a career that uh, you get the most interesting complaints. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you could write a book. I, we'll share stories down the road, but I mean, even one uh, that I always think back to is getting an email complaint about um, birds being too loud in the okay. in the tree in the front yard, and Those it's like, birds. I'm like, ma'am, uh, I can't control the 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 flight pattern of those birds. Um, right. It's it's natural for them to make noise and in trees right like uh, kind of being like funny about it but like also being like, like professional right like, exactly like, hey, you have to hold that you know. line right exactly no there's definitely a balance of you know kind of let people know like hey this is not really like something i do you know but also like you know do you realize you called about like the birds flying around like i i don't know what to tell you with that oh we get such crazy stories and, and oh yeah it's, it's great that when you could bounce these things off each other and you know even those nasty angry phone calls i i can tell you so many times that either i or a coworker, as soon as they get that call and they hang up finally they go straight to another coworker and be like you know an event and they're like you won't believe this person i just talked right. to and, and we need to bring that you know that's, that helps us decompress Absolutely. and get that off our chest yeah you got to be able to talk about it you deal with that phone call and you're like oh god i just gotta get like i just need to tell somebody about this real quick and you kind of probably make a joke or laugh at it, but then you go to your job and handle it. You know, yeah, it it's sucks because just... there's people that admit that they'll get a bad call like that and it'll mess up the whole week. It'll mess up their weekend. So they can't oh, even enjoy their time off because of that. It's, because yeah, they're like just thinking about, you know, oh, are they going to call my supervisor? Are they worried? Or, you know, and it could be a personality thing, but it's just, yeah, it's unfortunate. Like it shouldn't have to be like that. You know, it is. You, you go out there and you do your job and, you know, it is what it is. That's one of the cool thing about code enforcement. It's like what you see on face value or what you're writing to notice for is it, it's it, either there or it's not right. Yeah. I mean, it's when that, that's my, like I said, my own take on that is just, wait, you don't make stuff up. No, no, I don't. I don't make stuff up at properties. <laughs> I, no, you just, you just go and you just like, it is what it is. Right. Especially it if is. you're proactive, you're driving around and you know, you're doing your thing and it's just, Hey, like, that looks wrong. It probably is wrong. So you're going to write it up. Like I, you take your picture of it and mm-hmm. you document whatever your agency has you do, has you do or whatever. And it is what it is. Like, I don't, I mean, I I've met a lot of different people in different professions and stuff like that. And in this one in particular, I don't know anybody that's ever just like driven around and like making stuff up like, Oh yeah. You know, I did you know, 30 notices today and you go out there and it's like, dude, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's almost impossible to go down a, a neighborhood and not find something. It's if oh, you could spend your whole career on streets. Like if you were like that, block you know, by I block. Mean, every house that's built by a builder is like already out of compliance. Right. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like cars, you know, it's, you know, all the, all the rules with the, uh, you know, CHP and stuff like that. You take that car off the lot guaranteed. There's probably something still wrong with it. Right. You know, <laughs> out of, you know, Oh yeah. And, and talk about cars too. It's like the, the vehicles that we typically get. I mean, I know there's some right. agencies that get pretty nice vehicles, but oh, yeah, for sure. typically we're the bottom of the bucket with uh, the, the hand-me-down trucks and the 1990 sedans. 
Right. Um, rolling up in the old uh, Caprice cop car, right? Exactly. It's still black and white, but it's just got like the city logo on it. Hey, w- welcome to code enforcement. <laughs> right. Here you go, dude. Good I had a, uh, I had a friend, uh, this last week, he, uh, he sent me a picture that while he was driving like down the street, the freaking tire popped up, just came off the entire yeah, uh, vehicle and rolled down the street. And it's like, he luckily balanced on the other three tires, but <laughs> I, it's just the, the thing had like 150,000 miles on it. And right. 20 years old. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Oh, here you go. Like, you know, <laughs> and then you got no, no number for toe. Right. You got none of that information because it's the wrong week for the rotational toe. Right. Or whatever. Get a Flintstone it. Flintstone it. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of it, going back to the bird thing. I'm sure somebody's going to say, well, you know, you could have probably called animal control and seen if they're, uh, you know, if there's something that they're they domestic. Do. Right. Yeah. Domestic <laughs> or if they're, you know, parrots that somebody released from, you know, some. Uh, anyways, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you, to be honest, the that city did have uh, apparently a very, uh, active pack of wild parakeets okay of course uh, it did right like why wouldn't it yeah, i i'm a... like what the heck is this you see a yeah. bunch of parakeets flying around yeah oh man did we even discuss like why we are wanting to do this podcast did that I even we come touched up a little all? bit on it right like but uh okay i mean it's it, just it, it, it's just <laughs> I mean, we're just going off here. So, I mean, I guess it's natural, but well, that's the, um, the, that's our job. I mean, it, we could go off in a hundred different directions. Right. I mean, really that is our job. We just talk to people of all walks of life, right? Like it's just, it never ends, you know, the amount of people you get, but uh, we want to just, you know, do this thing for like that real, like we said, perspective, just two guys talking at are different levels of, you know, the code enforcement profession and without the fluff, you know, we're going to keep it as real as we possibly can. Um, you know, with what we discuss, it's our own opinions, our own, you know, conversation about what we have experienced, what we do. And, uh, we just, you know, kind of want to enlighten people about code enforcement and, you know, bring awareness to the position and what's going on. I, you know, we've had conversations. It's my, you know, opinion is code enforcement is just poorly marketed nationwide. You know, in my experience, it's just, it just is, it's just, you know, well, what's public works do? Like people probably know. Oh, stormwater. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, park rangers. Cool. Oh, code enforcement. It's like what? Like uh, did you write tickets or something? You're like the narc. It's like nah, man. Like it's a little more than that. The lawn so, I don't know. Yeah. What are you like trying to be a cop or something? And it's oh, like yeah. no. It's just, it's just like no. So we just I don't know, me just to have conversations about you know, what we want this to look like. And this is exactly what we want. I think it's, it's just a conversation, you know, if people are commenting, you know, on whatever page we have set up in the future, mm-hmm. whether it's Facebook or just commenting directly on, you know, um, you know, Apple music or where you get podcasts or anything like that. It's just leave your comments, stuff like that. Cause we want to know it's just a real conversation. It's not meant to, you know, put anybody out or offend anybody or anything like that. It's just, it's just two guys talking about something that we've done for a while we continue to do we enjoy doing it and just to you know almost kind of vent for ourselves probably a little bit you know so that's our therapy session here. that's right yeah exactly <laughs> we're just going to post it for everybody to see as long as you know we get we might get one follower but uh at least we get our therapy done for and, the day. and that's fine that's one more than i have right now <laughs> that's it's probably a, my second account right but, yeah uh, that, your burner your burner your burner podcast account I, I mean, oh man, that's a great point. And I, and I also look forward to, I think we'd be open to down the road, 
even having special guests come on because i'd love to get oh, feedback for from sure people absolutely um, and like yeah just i mean and from anybody yes that is you know it, anybody from the most junior code person building official inspector whatever on up you know we we talked about how we want this to be an open dialogue and discussion that's somewhat guided with topics you know maybe mm -hmm. maybe not but you know i like we want the real stuff we want to talk to the real people it's great to hear about um you know other podcasts or other things out there about any profession and some are just very like robotic and just point questions here you go and Read the like, script. we don't want it yeah we don't want it to be like that like it just it's that's not fun for us we don't think it's engaging you know we're not like that so and i think you know we've discussed so many different topics that we might you know bring up down the road but i think anything that really hurts to the from profession. all the stuff we've talked about that's for sure <laughs> uh yeah iguanas and uh oh i mean parakeets shell now. collections I mean, it's just like yeah absolutely it's just like anything and everything right yeah and i think the, it'd be the good russia to stuff light. you know we're going to talk about that it's like <laughs> but i think you know everything we look at from um, the hiring process to i mean i think one of the biggest areas that i hear a lot of conversation about is new code officers what it's like when you first begin right the struggles you know is it right for you i think that's a big section right there but talking no, about that's a, that's a whole nother yeah topic and that's episode a three on part series yeah i mean it's you can just dive into what agencies are looking for, what they're not, what can I do to prepare for an interview? What, you know, just different, I don't know, just different aspects of that. And it just, mm -hmm. you've seen it and I've seen it. We've worked at different places. It ranges like immensely, you know, you think you're locked away and, you know, you, oh, I'm a squared away guy. I got this. And you get in this interview with this agency and you're like, I have no idea what they just <laughs> asked me. And you just walk out. Everybody's done that, right? You're like you're fist bumping in the elevator because you're good or like you're out of your car shaking because you're like, well, I just blew that job. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, I guess we'll be eating, you know, toast and peanut butter again for another week until I get another job, you know? Yeah, that sounds like a premium meal for me. I'll take that. <laughs> I know, right? With family, toast and peanut butter, it's not, it's not too bad right now. Oh yeah, and the, <clears throat> all the lunch items that you can get. We gotta conserve our money and pack our PB and J's. Oh yeah, for sure, man. It, it's all you know. Kids and family eat well, you know. And then it's like, hey, why are you eating crackers again? It's like, well, it's like my kids got you know sirloin steak first. and everything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's and unfortunately. I see. I feel like generally in the profession, we get you know we're pretty underpaid for all the continued duties that we get. I mean, speaking here in California, we got yeah. so many bills that keep coming in that we have to enforce coming up in July. we got to deal with uh, tenant rights and rentals and things yeah, like that. Yeah. You, br it's you just, bring up a good point. Yeah. I mean, the amount of stuff that is thrown at code enforcement that becomes a duty of code enforcement to enforce is just, it, it never ends. Other um, duties, other duties as, as, as assigned. Which Love means that. that yeah, can, yeah. Can you lift twenty five pounds or more in other duties as a sign? It's like I don't. Hey, know mine was seventy five pounds. Oh, you're good. I don't know if I've ever picked up anything like that. Jeez. <laughs> um, but no, it's just that. It, I mean, that's a great point. Is you know, pay varies immensely. Mm -hmm. You know, through different agencies and titles and you know classifications and all that good stuff. But it's just yeah, the amount of stuff that gets thrown in code enforcement's lap, so to speak, is just like, it, it never ends. And it's just, you have to be on your toes 
you have to know what you're talking about because you're going to go to that citizen one time or go to that complaint call or whatever. And the owner, whoever might know more about the bill that just passed than you do because you haven't had training on it yet. So no, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's, it just never ends, you know, and the pay thing, it's just, it varies. You know, I've, I've been pretty fortunate with where I've worked. I feel like it's been very reasonable. I've definitely seen other job postings in other States, even in this state where it's like, I don't know what you expect this person to do effectively and want them to stay at your agency for that amount of money. Like it's, that's not a lot, you know, rent is, you know, $2,500 and you're just, you're paying them. Like, I just don't, I don't get it. Not especially for dollars an hour, a job that requires you to do so much. Yeah. And that's the thing is I think a lot of States are looking at that as the more duties that are signed, that I know there's some states talking about making it uh, a safety position, uh, like first right. responder, because it just it it just keeps loading onto it. It's just too much sometimes. Yeah, it's getting to that point where it's like, even if you paid the person a lot, it's still how can they manage all those tasks uh, unless you start to create a bunch of additional positions? So right, because you have good. agencies that they have specific admin people that do mm-hmm. all the the clerical administrative you know, duties and kudos to them, by the way, that must be nice. Cause they like, I once again, have had the privilege of working at an agency and they like knocked it out of the park. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was awesome to have. They're a great resource and, you know, you know, shout out to them. You guys know who I'm talking about, you know, and um, you know, or, or agencies, I know they do their own mailings, you know, they mm-hmm. do their own notices. They got to do their own copies. It's still written out. You know what I mean? It's like, you're talking, case to write up a notice and take a photo probably took you like 40 seconds maybe you know what i mean maybe a minute to go post it if they got a long driveway (laughs) um you know and then you come back and but you're spending five minutes on putting that all into whatever system you have and filing it and then mailing it and everything else and then you're talking all these other bills and you know all these legislative measures measures that get passed and just all this stuff it's just like it just keeps going you know the whole and and once again another episode of you know should code enforcement be under the safety you know umbrella just because of financing and budget and everything else like that and there's like way too many schools of thought on that as well i agree i mean there's just so many subjects and i know we definitely want to touch on uh officer safety general training yeah uh, community relations is the big one well that's a big one I mean, me personally, I've, I've, it's that's just a huge piece of what we do, I think, for our position. I agree. I, I think we have to get out of the robot thinking that, you know, what we do, we're, we're counselors, we're customer service experts, and that's that's what we do. We, yep, we absolutely communicate. Yep. That's I mean, that is what we do. It's just it's you're communicating with citizens that pay taxes they pay their property taxes and now you're out there telling them what they can and can't do like so you better be pretty tactful and mindful of what you're doing and be able to connect with that individual and just you know community events and all sorts of stuff it's just it's block parties that are sponsored by the cities and Mm -hmm. agencies or whatever like you have to do those things and a part of the hiring thing we'll go back to that is like Mm -hmm. that's great if you have a degree, or if you have, you know, all sorts of whiz bang training and you look like, you know, the, the seal team six guy of code enforcement, <laughs> but like, if you can't talk to somebody <laughs> and you can't like be able to be humble about them cussing at you or like challenging you, or just to be able to 
you know, step outside your box and be like, Hey, maybe they go on our, they are going through some sort of crazy life mm-hmm. event. I can give them two weeks. It's not that big of a deal. Um, like then like that should be part of the interviews process as well. The test on that, like gauge this individual outside of the job, you know, stress you, can train a, you can train a lot of people on code enforcement and they would be stellar people because their personalities and their ability to, you know, talk with people. It's just amazing. Oh, I agree. And I think um, you can train people, but you can't change their personalities, yep. their attitude. And actually, I think I credit one of my best um, experiences or was working in parking enforcement for a couple of years. Right. I had to build the thickest skin. I had to have like a toy oh, shell on my back. <laughs> I mean, I had people cussing me out, saying I'm a meter maid. And they're like, you probably didn't even graduate college and i'm like well actually I, I have a degree um but it's just the the name calling and so going oh, from it's... that to code i was like oh i can do this yeah it's, you know I, I i've already been there right especially if you had a, a a position or a job or a career or whatever and you've never had to necessarily deal with that oh like that's tough like you know some i don't know some people are just you know really good really good at like speaking mm-hmm. you know and, and listening and building relationships with people that they couldn't be any more on the opposite side of the spectrum oh and then yeah, there's people that are natural are the most like educated you know like whiz bang people at what they do or they have these jobs and then they try to like step into code enforcement and it's like whoa like you <laughs> like i don't know like, I don't know. And it could just be a personality thing. It could be my background just with like military and police academies and stuff like that. Like you, you're contacting people all the time and you're coming across different walks of life every day. These people are on your team. You don't have to like them, but you, you better be able to work with them. Mm-hmm. Like, cause your life may depend on, you know, depend on them at any given time. And so and it's just, it's, it's just, there's too many, there's just too much. Sometimes I think the interview process is weighed too much on you know maybe what like the paper part of it says the technical skills right which don't get me wrong it's important but i mean it's just not that's there's more to it than that i feel like especially this day and age i mean and you know you can chime in on this and i mean the the atmosphere and you know the optics of public officials and stuff has changed immensely you know over the years and so it's it's i don't know that you get these Agencies, cities, and everything have to be able to dab with that. And that includes starting with like the people that they hire. Totally agree. And unfortunately, sometimes if the pay is low or, you know, they're, right. it, it's less desirable, you, you don't get the cream of the crop. And so it, it can be tough to depend on the hiring process, but yeah. ideally it'd be great to have people skills and technical skills tied together. Yeah. Uh, to pick like a blend right of both. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah, and the pay, the pay thing. I mean, it's like you probably uh, eliminate a lot of people just based on salary. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says, interview questions, resumes, stuff like that. Like, you know, to be real for a second, this real conversation we're going to have. I mean, a lot of people, What what's the first thing? Title, and then they scroll down to salary, mm-hmm. right? And like if you go on government jobs, these other websites, USA jobs, what's the first thing it says on there? Title location salary or in some order like that that was the reason why it's at the top right you know and that and just a word of advice too um with interviews 
don't don't make it known when they ask you that that famous question of why do you want to work for us don't say because i like the money i like the salary yeah, um, even though they that know that's why yeah don't say that that's <laughs> we all good. know it's why you yeah. know we we figure that's why you're applying for it but you don't you don't admit that in the interview right yeah everybody knows like that's why and that's why i like some trainings you go to it's like well why'd you get into co-enforcement and don't say the money you know because everybody knows <laughs> if you find that agency or you know whatever job that's going to pay you decent like we, we get it that's like the glaring part of it because you're starting to think about that car that you're already you know going to buy before you even got the job you know yeah it's, it's very interesting and I, i'm I'm grateful to see how this profession has really grown. If you, if anybody ever looks at the history of code, um, it really didn't kick off truly, I think, until the 2000s, in my opinion. But you look at the 80s and 90s, and they were zoning officers, building inspectors. But you look now, we got certifications, we got yep. uh, organizations fighting for us, legislation being passed. So I, I'm very hopeful, but I agree. The long-term goal is let's unify across the country and, and yep. make this standard uh at all levels but yeah, and and we're i think we're fortunate enough to be in a state that is like i'll say on the forefront of doing those things from my experience and people i've talked to um you know you got the the code enforcement officer safety foundation you know that is pushing you know safety specialist training and certification you got our state agency that has its own state certification and, you know, we're passing all these uh, Senate bills and everything else. It's just some states just aren't doing that or are behind the curve. And it, once again, it kind of goes into that marketing as a whole. It's just, I think it's just lacking. Well, I got to give a, a shout out for anybody that's here in California that knows um, there's a college here in California that actually created an associate's degree on code I saw that that's it's pretty cool and there's people already going through it i got colleagues yep. that are doing it and so i, I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, a gentleman named sergio who um he's put years into making that happen shout and out sergio he's he's a great guy and uh, i remember going through my my modules uh with him as the moderator for that and yep. uh and now he's created an associate's degree with a college uh with that program so that's that's just another thing that helps make our profession stronger. So, um, do you kudos want to go to back him. to college to like go get that like the A in code? Hey, it's I've, on my I, my list. I've thought about it. I've, I mean, I don't have a a degree, um, but you know, to go through that to have like an AA in like something I already do would be. I mean, I don't know. I think that's kind of cool and unique for sure. Well, I think you'd blow away on the interview panel too. Is Hey, I actually have a, an associate's degree in this profession. I mean, that's right. That's right. pretty yeah. impressive. Not just like I got a degree in art and then you're trying to go be like some <laughs> bank manager somewhere. Yeah. No, that'd be great. So I got my degree in basket weaving. So. Yeah, no. Yeah. Hey, no. Shout out to Sergio. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. anything we can be doing. And I say we as like an organization, as a state, as code enforcement umbrella. Mm -hmm. um, you know that that's things like that are awesome i'm sure other states are doing it as well hey if you're in another state let us know if you happen to hear this like i said well, we don't know if we're going to get five followers 10 listeners downloads whatever however it works out i'm not the guru for this but um no feedback would be awesome and i know other states are doing stuff as well and justin and i have come across these people in our foundation and different things like that different walks of life different code agencies that you know some states are doing some really awesome things as well and that's stuff that we, we definitely want to talk about and highlight 
just so people understand what's going on out there. And um, there's social media groups. I know the, um, if you haven't heard about, but there's a popular Facebook group on, on Facebook, uh, no joke, uh, that uh, is just for code enforcement officers. I think they do a pretty good job at vetting. Uh, I know they've had some sneaky uh, Karens trying to get in, but they, the admins, there's always actually, those Karens. Oh, they, they're sneaky devils, but oh, they, uh, the admins are phenomenal. They, they, do. how horrible would it be to be named Karen? Uh, like if that's your real name now, and then that's like the meme and everything else out there about being a Karen, it's like, oh man, I better change my name. This yeah. I apologize for the, like the, the good Karens, the, the real Karens. If you're a real Karen and you're not the, the Karen meme, then, you know, the good book. <laughs> yeah. It, it, that Facebook group. I mean, it, there's a lot of good dialogue. Um, and I think there's a lot of information sharing and, um, it, the admins, I, I give them praise. I know some of them personally, but you know, to manage a Facebook group of hundreds of code officers talking about personal things and jokes right. and stuff. Uh, it's a great dialogue. And that's kind of what we're focused on here is, Hey, let's have discussions about real topics that we yep. deal with on a daily basis. Yeah. So we and I don't know how, hear. yeah, I don't know how you feel about this, but I, I mean, code enforcement, there's some real knuckleheads and not in the sense that they do like, you know, immoral, illegal stuff, but like, just like, like personality wise, mm. I mean, it's, there's some real characters and I'm first one to say myself included, <laughs> um, you know, there's, there is, there's just some real like Yahoo goofball. Let's hey, let's have a good time and enjoy what we're doing here. Well, um, that's better than robo robocop R- robocop robo code, you know, oh. whatever you want to call them. Yeah. So it's just, um, like once again just a unique profession that people just aren't aware of that you know either would be really good at it from a hiring standpoint or just like from an education standpoint as a citizen or someone that just wants to know more about code enforcement i mean it is it is just we're we're we are normal people too uh you know we have families you know we go to school we do all these things we have bills and stresses about just like everything else our job just requires us to go to your house on your worst day and tell you, Hey, you got to move that boat. You just bought. Cause it doesn't meet within our ordinance. Cut that grass, cut that grass. <laughs> like, I hate to tell you this, but you got to re-roof your house. It's going to be about $25. Oh, it's tough. I and you know, I've been no, in situations. It's, it's, it's those situations suck. I didn't have any pleasure having those conversations with people at all. Those, I think those are some of the worst. But the key thing is, as you mentioned earlier, too, it's like you have to be sympathetic and understand what that does to somebody. Absolutely. Otherwise, you you are that RoboCop. Yeah, you're just like you're disconnected. I mean, I don't know. I mean, everybody's different, but everybody, I feel like a lot of people have been through some hard times in different situations. And you've got that knock on your door or phone call or whatever. You're like, this couldn't have been any worse of a time, you know, for this to happen, let alone someone showing up in a, a city or, or agency vehicle outside your house, um, you know, safety wise, hopefully a couple of houses down, not right in front of it, but um, uh, you know, just like, Good and plug. then you, sh- you just show up. Right. And you, and you're like, Hey, I hate to do this to you, but we got a complaint about your illegal room addition. Um, you know, that may or may not have been built, you know, before you even bought this house and, you know, you got to go through that whole process and they have like no idea what they're talking about and they just see time and dollar signs. And make sure you, you, you stand offset from the front door when you knock on that front door. 
Right. Yeah. Another safety safety plug. Just say number two. Yeah. Number two. We'll just hit them both on that one. A couple of houses down and don't stand in front of the, the fatal funnel, as we'll call it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's, and yeah, that's those, those and those days suck. I mean, I just, if I could have days where it's like you just can manage like stuff that's reasonable, you know, landscaping stuff. Hey, move your boat. Hey, get that basketball hoop. Just like the run of the mill, we'll call it. Um, you know, just, I don't want to say routine because then that makes you like a, a complacency, you know, thing, but like all the, all the things that you see on like an agency's typical NOV, right. If you have a check the box type of thing, like if you could just deal with those all day, that's, that's pretty good. It's the days where you're like, dude, dude this is going to suck to tell this guy his auto shop is like <laughs> not in illegal. compliance at all or illegal. And he's been here for how long or, you know, whatever, you know, it's just, those days suck. Sure. And when and when you know also when you have projects that you know with your professional experience like that's going to cost them 10 20 30k it's just, it's to fix. oh man it, it crazy. sucks yeah and i i mean it could we, never we have be a, an insurance adjuster like <laughs> could, could you imagine like oh well you didn't have this policy like sorry like I'm, your house burned down but it's like dude can you imagine oh god i'd hate it i couldn't do that we and we have some tough days but yeah that would be tough and yeah I, we, we have to do the job, but we can do it with a heart and Absolutely. extensions. You could look for, I mean, there's a lot of resources out there, nonprofits. So I think that's a whole nother episode too, is like, what, how do we help people versus just cite them and find them? And I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. I yeah. mean, just, just handing someone a piece of paper and just telling them, Hey, you're screwed. Uh, 14 days. Yeah. It's just, that is not doing your job. And I, in my, like I said, my opinion, once again, this is just my, just doing that and going through the routine of, oh, here's your paper, 30 days, you know, call me, get plant, like, you know, walk them through the steps, hold their hand if they have to, we all hate to do it, but like, you don't do that with every case, like recognize mm -hmm. the one that needs help, reach out to different organizations that will come get their end op, reach out to different, you know, I, I tell people, and I don't know if I should or should not be doing this, but hey, go to Home Depot or Lowe's. You don't know where to start. There's like a pro contractor wall in the Lowe's and Home Depot. If you need someone to like re-roof your house, that might be a good spot to start. You know, I know we keep seeing the re-roof thing, but I just know those are costly. But like, yes, sometimes people have no idea where to go. And then you're just this guy or gal that's like, here you go, like fix it. Mm -hmm. Like we're just doing ourselves, the agencies, the profession, just a huge disservice. Like take the time, you know, treat them like it would be your grandma, right? Like, and they've never, you know, had any contact with anybody from the city before and just like help them out. It's not going to kill you. Meet your coworkers at lunch 15 minutes later than you were going to at Miguel's junior, right? Like, how did you know where I eat? Yeah. Well, I'd say, hey, it's good. I don't blame you. You know, I mean, I, I, I definitely don't miss a meal for sure, but you know what I'm saying? It's just like, just take the time to do that. Like, the house isn't going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. You know, you're going to be working this case for like a long time and like do it to your fullest from like just a human nature standpoint. Ultimately it's going to cost them money. The decisions already probably been made. They may not be able to sway or get any sort of variance, you know, um, you know, in their favor or anything like that. But like, you know, that doesn't mean you have to just, Oh, good luck. Here you go. You know, seeing 14 days like that's just that's I don't know. Well, and that's and that's the thing is like we talk about we we wish 
we had a little bit more respect. Um, people saw us more as human. And I think it's a two-way street. You know, the, the more sure. we try to treat other people as humans, hopefully that comes back on us. And I, I think it's just, we, we have to promote the positiveness of what we do. And if we're going around as robocops, marketing, yeah, marketing <laughs> plug, right. um, but that's what we got to do. We got to be positive about our job and you'll start to sure. see that in the community. So yeah, like put like the city pages, like go talk to your, like, I don't know, your public information officer, whoever mm-hmm. manages your, your social media website for your city and go talk to them. I keep saying city cause I work for a city, but County, whatever agency you work for, you know, go to them and be like, Hey, I had this awesome case and ended up working out really well. And you know, take a picture out from the property, talk to the owner. Hey, would you mind taking a picture with me or would you mind if we used your property as like an example of like what can happen, you know, in these neighborhoods and like, that's the stuff we should be doing. Like not just these, I don't know that, like I said, not just the these, case highlights, you know? Yeah. Like just, just show like the human part of it. Like, Hey, this is code officer. So-and-so or code inspector. So-and-so this is how the case started. Like it, I mean, what's it take 20 minutes to make something, type something up real quick. It doesn't have to be anything crazy. You know, and just show people like, oh, like they do do a good job. Like they they care about people. Uh, Canva.com can help with that. Uh, Canva, they are yeah, not a shout sponsor. Out to, shout out to Canva. Yeah, for sure. We, we are not employed by them, but they do a great job. Uh, let's go ahead and bundle that with the, uh, was a Fiverr? We'll do Fiverr as well. Good set. <laughs> like, like, like that place is awesome, by the yeah. way. You can find any any service you need on there. Are we doing plugs and shout outs right now? Is that what we're doing? Well, right hopefully here? they start to endorse us so we can get okay. some money. Yeah. But, Shout out to uh, uh, Stream Beats, who I'm listening to right now in my headphones by uh, Harris Heller, who is on uh, YouTube uh, exclusively now. Trent came over from Twitch. So, uh, yeah, I don't know if you're ever going to hear this, but uh, thank you for what you do as well. Yeah, if you get rich, let me know. But <laughs> yeah, we, we do this for uh, for fun and and yeah, and for just sure. for leisure. But uh, we appreciate uh, all the different organizations out there that help help make things good, uh, including the the national famous uh, code enforcement officer safety foundation does it. Like where, where are you going with it? Uh, supported by ICC. And yeah, so they absolutely. do a great job. So it, you know, there's yeah. a lot of good organizations doing good things that promote things. And I've worked with a lot of great yep. individuals across the country that are on boards and they're just passionate people that want to make a difference, but then there's also politics and sad to see of course, some people unfortunate. Yeah. That they, they say no to things because of a personal belief and when the priority should be, Hey, how do we help our members? How do we help the profession? And that's going to be a whole nother subject for me is talking about uh, associations and serving members and, and how important that is that, you know, it's a noble cause if you get into it for the right reason. No, absolutely. And I mean, it's just, there's, there's no room for that. I mean, that this is, Personally speaking, I mean, you're going to come across people, like I said, with too much pride, ego, own personal agendas. You know, they're determined to set flame to whatever, you know, agency or whatever, whatever it is that, you know, you know, slighted them in the, the certain way or they feel like they're doing something to outs them. Or It's just it's too much. It's like we're, we're all adults. We've all interviewed for these jobs. We've all been here. We've done it on different various levels at different positions. It's like. You know, like that's just ridiculous. We're all trying to do the same thing and just, you know, make code enforcement the best thing it could be, you know, nationwide. 
not just your state, not just your agency. I mean, because one day you may move and apply for these jobs or someone may move from another state and apply for this job that you exactly. have for opening. Like, it's just it, the world is like as big as it is. It's still like a little bubble. You're going to come across somebody, you know what I mean? That you're going to have to rely on at some point and just, you know, personal agendas just get in the way of that. And it's fine to have goals. I think it's fine to have, you know, ambition and to do those awesome things. We've all done it. We're all doing it. We're all trying to get to a certain point, but like to burn bridges and to, you know, just move people as pawns is just like ridiculous. Totally agree. That's a great way of putting it. I feel like we've, we've hit all of our podcast episodes in in the first episode. Right. So we're just going to have one, just an introduction. And then like, that's it. This is it. We're all just kidding. Well, uh, yeah, it will definitely elaborate on a lot of these subjects, but it's a great, I think, overview and hopefully everybody that's listening understands that we really just want to to just speak about common things that we deal with. Yep. Talk normal. You know, we're not here to uh, impress people or get egos or boost up our uh, our resumes. No. Uh, we just want to chit chat and and share stories. It's something we're doing on our own time. Something we decided to do. You Let's know, have fun with we, it. We we both you know are passionate about it. Like I said, if people got you know gripes complaints comments whatever they let us know we're going to do this as long as we keep having fun you know and and just keep talking about what we're doing here it's just it's just one of those things where we decided we wanted to do it and we're going to do it (laughs) it's just i mean that's it and we're just going to have a conversation just like this you know when we have guests on you know Mm -hmm. and hopefully if we do get followers and comment and you know questions and stuff like that that'd be cool and we can respond to those as well but um, you know, the, the days in, of just being robotic code officers and the profession of just, you know, like I said, narcs and just these people of just, oh, you're the HOA of the city and blah, 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 you know, this and that. And you're with, like, that's just those days are they're coming to end, I hope, you know, and hopefully hope. this, this hope this helps with that. I agree. Well, I think this is a, a, a great kickoff and uh, I know we'll have some great topics going forward, some some different guests. But uh, this was a great, uh, I think, starting kickoff for us to discuss our mission and what we hope to get out of it. I, I think focusing on the code locker being very casual the uh, code place. Locker. Say it again. The code locker. <laughs> this is the code locker. And uh, we, we, uh, we want to discuss anything and everything with our profession so that uh, we could support each other and uh and have a few laughs too no, absolutely and let us know we've been listening to other podcasts let us know if the audio is not right uh we'll play it back and see like oh man we messed that up uh me speaking this is the first time i've ever done anything like this i fully admit that i probably look like a dork not looking at the camera if we ever post these up or influxes in my voice or get too close to the microphone or whatever but please just uh you know we're, we're just two normal guys here myself included you know especially it'd be my first time so this is not hollywood productions no absolutely if it is i'm probably in the long wrong line of work if that's what this is going to end up being so and i'm not getting paid so no I'm, absolutely I'm definitely doing it wrong yeah it's okay i mean this is for fun so yeah i'll learn but right. uh we'll yeah it's great together awesome well uh we'll see see everybody on the the next episode and We'll uh, see what that topic is going to be about, but we definitely want to uh, expand on a lot of things we discussed today. Uh, I think there's just so much for us to talk about. And we, as Shane said, we, we definitely want to hear from everybody. So if you have something that you'd like us to uh, elaborate on and, and 
put on the radar, then uh, reach out to us. I'm going to definitely let my mom know about this. So we at least get like one comment or five stars, even if it's garbage. So at least get a mom to like, you know, oh, can you talk about this? I'll just pump her with a question. And then we can just act like we have like these views. Oh, sweetie, you're doing such a great job. I'm like, hey, mom, can you ask about this? So like, we know what to talk about. Can you call in? Okay, call in. We'll figure out how to like patch you in. I don't know. You know, at least or our spouses or something. We'll just do that too. <laughs> all of our friends. We'll just get all these people to, you know, act like they know what, you know, what we're talking about. So do we need like a catchy like phrase as we leave here? Is that what we're doing? I know we're working on an outro. Yes. We're working on a logo we're for get, anybody out there. We're having like a full thing getting done. Like I said, you know, shout out to Canva and Viber and all that stuff. Like we're, <laughs> we're working on it. So um, do we need like a, uh, like our own little like slogan or something that we say? That's all folks. Yeah, that's all folks. That I think that somebody's already used that, you know. I've never they, heard that before. No, that's not okay. How about like uh, you know, if you're drinking some, raise your glasses until next time. Till next time. Thanks for joining us on the Code Locker. Be sure to message us for questions or topics you'd like to hear. If you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Remember, friend, stay safe out there. Thank you, Zoom lady. (laughs) Recording in progress. It's Siri. It's uh, our good friend. Our good friend, Siri. And Alexa listening to everything we always do.